Hello, I'm John Donvan, host and moderator of Intelligence Squared U.S. We have seen rising tensions this week coming to a head between Israel and Hamas with a dramatic eruption of conflict along the Gaza Strip. As of today, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has ordered troops to mass near the border. That is in response to continued rocket attacks that are now reaching deeper into Israel and targeting major cities, including Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. All of which makes a debate that we held back in 2006, less than a year after Hamas won a majority vote in the Palestinian parliament, all the more relevant now. The motion being debated that night was, a democratically elected Hamas is still a terrorist organization. The debate was held in front of a live audience in New York City and lasted well over an hour, but we've called a sample from each team's opening statements to give you a sense of their core arguments. First to the lectern was a debater on the team arguing for the motion, Stephen Cook, who at that time was the Douglas Dillon Fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations. Here he is arguing that a democratically elected Hamas is still a terrorist organization. What is there really to debate here? What does participation in an election have to do with Hamas's profile as a terrorist organization? I'm quite sure that my colleagues on the other side of the debate will tell you that the Palestinian elections were the truest, freest, and fairest in the Arab world. That's an absolutely true statement. They're also going to tell you that the outcome reflected the will of the Palestinian people. That's an absolutely false statement. And three, they're going to tell you that Hamas provides critical social services to Palestinians in need. That is, my friends, totally irrelevant to tonight's subject. An organization can participate in a free and fair election. It can provide social services and be a terrorist organization. It is not an intellectual position. It's an ideological position. Let's consider a few things. Hamas's very founding in the late 1980s was based on an imperative of violence. In the late 1980s, members of the Palestine branch of the Muslim Brotherhood grew concerned that another organization called Islamic Jihad was taking prestige and influence away from them because Islamic Jihad was engaged in violence. Their solution to this political problem was the establishment of Hamas. They would continue the Islamization of Palestinian society from below through the provision of social services in keeping with the historic mission of the Muslim Brotherhood. But they also established a military wing that was dedicated to terrorist acts against Israelis in an effort to burnish their nationalist image and outmaneuver Islamic Jihad. My critics will say this is old news, but my question is, has Hamas really evolved? It still denies Israel's right to exist. None of its leaders have renounced the right to arms struggle. The only thing has changed is a tactical change. It has sought to harness the elections that the United States has pushed on the Palestinians to advance its agenda. My critics will tell you there's been a ceasefire since 2003. Be careful about the words that people use when talking about a ceasefire. Hamas calls it a hudna. Anyone who speaks Arabic should know that a hudna has a finite period of time. Under the weight of available evidence, supporters of Hamas tend to shift their argument to focus on Israeli behavior. It is true. Israel has expropriated land and continues to illegally settle the West Bank. If the issue was Israel's contributed to an environment where extremist ideologies, alienation, and terrorism can thrive, there would be little to debate. 
But this is not the subject we're examining here this evening. Participation in elections. Hamas's participation in the Palestinian elections is analytically irrelevant of whether it is a terrorist organization or not. For Hamas to no longer be considered a terrorist organization, it must change its charter, it must renounce its violence, and it must lay down its arms. At that point, and only at that point, can it be seen as a legitimate participant in the political arena. Next to the lectern was attorney Stanley Cohen. He is perhaps best known for defending Osama bin Laden's son-in-law and Musa Abu Marzouk, the head of the political wing of Hamas. Here, Cohen outlines his case against the motion, which again was this, a democratically elected Hamas is still a terrorist organization. Since the year 2000, 4,800 Palestinians, mostly civilians, killed. 839 children under 10, 755 women, 241 extrajudicial assassinations, 11,000 Palestinians, including 380 under the age of 16 and 240 women sitting in jails, most of whom who have never had a trial, have never seen a judge, and do not have counsel. Attacks on the infrastructure, the disruption of water plants, Unemployment, infant mortality rates, disease, malnutrition. So this is not some sort of esoteric debate with the West. This is reality, this is truth, and this is 60 years. An unbroken trail of terrorism, not at the hands of Hamas, but at the hands of Israel. And on it goes. 321 condemnations by the United Nations General Assembly ignored. There is a double standard. And that's what's interesting, and I mean no disrespect to the debate tonight, As a trial attorney, sometimes I say to a witness, so when did you stop beating your wife? And the witness looks at you like, what are you talking about? And that's the problem with the debate. It starts out with the preconceived notion that Hamas is a terrorist organization. To much of the world, Hamas is not viewed as a terrorist organization, but rather a national liberation movement involved in low-intensity asymmetric warfare. To much of the world... Israel is viewed as a terrorist state. There is a fine line between terrorist and freedom fighter, unfortunately, and it is who wins. Every person in the world dies to have a picture taken with Nelson Mandela, who stayed in jail an extra eight years because he refused to renounce armed struggle. So we have to be careful about evolving notions of terrorism. Who is Hamas? Hamas is not just a military wing. They're doctors and lawyers and professors and scientists and academics who have given their life to try to reclaim what has been stolen from them. Now, you can trivialize the election, but most important, remember, Hamas is millions of people who voted, and many of them voted for Hamas. Now, what do we know that's happened since the election? Collective punishment, leaders kidnapped, an attempt to destabilize and topple a legitimate elected government. Let us find a way to break out of this cycle, to break out of this abyss. The only group that can deliver is Hamas. And you know what? If they can't, they'll be voted out. And at the end of the day, it's time to end the embargo. It's time to empty the jails. But most of all, forget the labels and forget the rhetoric. For 60 years, it has not worked. Give the alternative a chance. Thank you. 
The evening continued with the opening statement of Daniel I. Alone. He is Israel's former ambassador to the United States. He argued for the motion. A democratically elected Hamas is still a terrorist organization. In 1993, Israel, believing that the Palestinians really had a change of heart and they would like to make peace with us, we signed the Oslo Accord. And the Oslo Accord was a very simple deal. Land for peace. Israel withdrawing from West Bank and Gaza. The Palestinians get a hold of themselves, stop the terror, and becoming a responsible party. 2000, Kim David, former Prime Minister Barak, meeting with Arafat to try and make peace. Barak is offering to withdraw from the entire territories, but this was not accepted by Arafat. Now, people compare between Kim David 78 that succeeded and Arafat uh, Kim David 2000. What was the difference? The difference was leadership. Sadat wanted to make peace. He prevailed over the advice of his advisors and signed the peace treaty. Arafat also, unfortunately, prevailed over the advice of his advisors, who said, sign the peace treaty because you will not get a better deal, and he was against it. Now, Hamas was against Arafat. They did not even believe in the negotiations. They are against, and they were against this Oslo. Why? Because they do not believe in Israel's right to exist. They do not believe in coexistence. They do not believe in peace. They do not believe even in a democracy because they would like to have a one Islamist Palestinian country a la Iran, Iran style, and under the Sharia, the, the, the law of, of Islam. So let's go back to the debate. What is the definition of terror? Killing intentionally of innocent people. What does Hamas do? Killing only children and innocent people. This is what they do. Are they a terrorist organization? If this is the definition of terror, they definitely are a terror organization. Secondly, do they believe in coexistence? No, they deny Israel's right to exist. Now, people here are talking about uh, we're elected democratically or not. This is beside the point. Just look into the Hamas, www.hamas.com, in their, their website in the Internet, and look into the Hamas charter. Now, there is also another issue here. Who is Hamas operated by? Are they really doing the will of the people? I don't think so. My esteemed colleague here on the other side, Stanley Cohen, said he just returned from Damascus, and he met Khaled Mashal. Where did he meet Khaled Mashal? In Damascus. Who is really operating Khaled Mashal? The Syrians and the Iranians. So they're not really representing Palestinian authentic interests. They are representing the interests of these crazy Islamists in Tehran and in Damascus. Now there is this question whether they were democratically elected. Well, a, I would say a broad definition of democracy is you know, uh, doing the will of the people, but also observing the rule of law. And the rule of law does not permit gangs to be uh, brandishing their, their guns and going with bullets into the ballots. The final opening statement came from the team arguing against the motion. Here is Mohammed Mahmoud Ul-Mahamadou. In 2006, he was associate director of the Harvard Program on Humanitarian Policy and Conflict Research. He is against the motion. A democratically elected Hamas is still a terrorist organization. Hamas is not a terrorist organization. Hamas was the radicalized military expression of a national liberation movement, which grew into a social movement. Hamas is no longer a terrorist organization. Hamas has moved to a political contest which it has joined legitimately and has won fairly. More importantly, Hamas 
holds high levels of legitimacy among the majority of the people that it has been elected to represent and lead. It is the following facts that are crucial to the assessment of the situation in the proposed motion before us tonight. 39 years of occupation, 1.4 million people in Gaza alone in 360 square kilometers, 540 checkpoints and the West Bank alone, the building of a separation wall, not a fence, a wall deemed illegal by the International Court of Justice, daily, near-daily military incursions with sporadic killing, essentially almost half a century of Palestinian disposition, loss of life and freedom. Now, in that most urgent of context, a group that emerges as a resistance movement grows into a social network operating welfare centers and educational services and agrees to abide by the rules of democratic contest can certainly no longer be called terrorist. Now, Canadian definitions notwithstanding, it is important, and this is no mere matter of semantics, to remember that the word terrorist is actually quite problematic when it comes to occupied people. Um, yes, indeed, the saying, your terrorist is my freedom fighter, captures that inherent subjectivity quite well. But the operative world of the motion is still. So is Hamas still a terrorist organization? Well, let us look at what Hamas has done in the past 10 months since their election. Hamas had made formal statements at the highest level of its multifaceted uh, representation regarding a disposition to enter this long-term truce. Hamas had also proposed a coalition government back in March, which included Palestinian Christians and women, and has folded its executive force into the formal national police. What have Israel, the EU, and the United States done in the same time frame? Insisting on this threefold demand that Hamas recognizes Israel, forswears violence, and accepts previous Israeli Palestinian agreements, they have decreed and implemented a crippling international embargo with a new humanitarian crisis by UN reckoning. Contradiction is also displayed through a reading of the facts. There is no internationally agreed uh, definition of terrorism, which is already an evidence of that problem. However, by law, what qualifies an entity as terrorist is the indiscriminate targeting of civilians. So, for the law to have any uh, consistent currency, it has to be applied across the board, and certainly not selectively. Which leads me to my last element. <laughs> Hamas is an adolescent Hezbollah. And look at what Hezbollah has become next door. The strongest power in Lebanon and the first one to ever defeat Israel. So there's a sort of the assumption that Hamas can be extricated from that political reality is unrealistic. Ladies and gentlemen, given half a chance... Prime Minister Ismail Haniyeh and his Hamas colleagues are Jerry Adams's in the making. Voting for this motion essentially means endorsing and supporting a unilateral, sterile understanding of this conflict. That evening, once again, the motion was a democratically elected Hamas is still a terrorist organization. Well, the team arguing against it that night won the debate. Eight years have passed since we held that debate, and a lot has changed both in the region and along the Gaza Strip. Have your thoughts on Israel and Hamas changed as well in that time? If so, we want to hear from you. Visit our debate archives at intelligencesquaredus.org to cast your vote on the motion. It's still up there. A democratically elected Hamas is still a terrorist organization, yes or no. You'll find the debate in its entirety in our archives as well. 
And join us for our next debate, Embrace the Common Core. That one will be held live in New York City on September 9th, right in time for the start of the school year. Tickets are available on our website, iq2us.org. That's IQ, the number two, us.org. And if you can't join us in person, watch the debate live from the comfort of your own home on our website. Sign up for our e-newsletter at iq2us.org for online broadcast announcements and other debate options. Thank you so much for listening, and remember to think twice.